Welcome to Willard Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here. We can't wait to share the service with you.
beginning at verse 8 today. Some of you will remember this, and some of you are too young, but I remember the time when you would be watching TV, and all of a sudden there would be this annoying sound that would break in, something like that. 
And then you would hear uh, this news person say, we are interrupting your regularly scheduled program with an important announcement. You remember those days? Who's, who's old like me? All right, you remember those. Now, that was the cue for me to get up and change the channel. I didn't need to hear about that. The problem was, though, there were only three channels, and there was on every channel, right? There would be a different news person breaking in those other channels. There was no Netflix, no Hulu, no whatever to, to turn to to escape those things. And I don't know about you, but it always came at the worst possible time like right at the last two minutes of a football game or right at the end of uh, a season finale, like of Knight Rider, right? When, when Kit is going up against Goliath and you're not sure what happens, right? And for you young people, we did not have TV on demand. You couldn't just rewind it. You couldn't just go to something else and watch it. You had to wait until rerun season got there. And hopefully you were home at that time, because if you weren't, forget about it. You were just going to miss it. Yeah, you had to get up, right? And, and change that channel, right? They got smarter then a little bit later, and they started just scrolling the information at the bottom, and that was a, a little bit less in, intrusive, right? They would just uh, break in, and, and you'd see that news scrolling on there, unless it was really, really important. But um, that's how announcements used to come. Today's passage is one of those moments where God breaks into the silence. God breaks into the the quietness with an important announcement. The most important announcement that mankind has ever received. And while we know it is important, we're so familiar with it that the danger is it just becomes old news, right? The danger is that it can just become ordinary because we've heard it so many times. Holidays are the hardest time to prepare sermons. I hate preaching at holiday times. Christmas is the hardest because you've already heard all the Christmas stories from all the different angles, right? You've heard the story of Mary and Joseph how many times? You know how hard it is to try and find a new angle or something new to, to come up. I was trying to think of what to preach on. I'm still trying to think of what to preach on for, for Christmas. And I was jokingly like in my head, well, maybe, maybe I'll preach on the, the point of view of the donkey, right? We, we've heard Mary's and Joseph's and the wise men and, and everything like that. I looked that up, right? Guess what? First response from the donkey's point of view. Palm Sunday, though. So I was like, oh, all right, maybe there's hope. Second response, right, was Let, let's all be donkeys this Christmas, Max Lucado. Seriously, right? It has all been done. It had all been said. And because of that, maybe there's a possibility for us that we won't realize just how incredible this announcement is today. Maybe there's a possibility that we won't realize how incredible this season is because we're focused in on stuff or things or buying presents or things like that, right? I think it would be like if we flew on airplanes all the time. If you are a person that flew regularly, you can always tell those people when you get on planes because they've got the window seat, right? 
And, and what's the first thing they do? They close the window and they go to sleep. That's how you can tell if somebody flies a lot because it's just an ordinary thing to them, right? It doesn't matter that you're basically in this metal tube 30,000 feet up in the sky flying at 500 miles per hour, right? It's oh-hum, been there, done that many times. It's nothing special. My, my daughter got to fly this year for the first time. I did not get to go with her, but uh, I was excited for her. And I wanted to prepare her. I wanted to tell her because she was a little bit nervous. And I was like, oh, you are going to love this, man. The takeoff. The takeoff is amazing. When you feel that acceleration in your body, it's amazing. It is. It is. And, and then that moment that you leave the earth, the ground, right, the wheels come up. And it's like that little moment right there, that's incredible. And I was trying to tell her about that. Uh, I, was, I was trying to tell her about just the incredible things. And I was like, man, get a window seat, right? Because you want to see this. The view is amazing how, how different everything is when you look that way. There, there's a wonder in flying for the first time. There's a wonder in flying for the first several times. But after a while, it can become ordinary. I think it's similar with Christmas. And I want us to be careful, right? I, I, I told you, I'm a bah humbug type person. I'm approaching my 50th Christmas. And if you aren't careful, right, you can find yourself you can find yourself just going with the flow and missing it. Missing it. That's what we sang about today, right? I know you can find new things to celebrate, especially when you have kids and new ways to get excited about that. But let's fight to not lose the wonder of what Christmas is really about. Think about what happens when you lose the wonder, right? We have the Word of God available to us at our fingertips, at all hours of the day, right, in every form. And yet, when we lose the wonder of that, we start to wander away from it. Think about marriages. You remember the wonder when you were dating? You remember the wonder when you got married? You remember after 15 years, though? And that wonder starts to fade? If you're not careful, you'll wander, right? You got to fight against that, and we have to fight right now to, to not miss out and what Christmas is about. There's a danger. Wander or wonder. Two words that sound the same, almost spelled the same, but very different meanings, right? Wander, to walk around in an aimless way, to move without purpose or direction. There's a lot of wandering going around us, on around us today. There's a lot of wandering going on in people in the church. Maybe it describes how you're living right now. Maybe you don't feel like you have a purpose. Maybe you don't have that sense of vision or mission on your life of what you want to accomplish or what you want to see God accomplish. Maybe you're just living for the weekends, right? I'm going to put in my time during the week. I'm going to get through this, and then when the weekend comes, I'm just going to enjoy it. And then Monday, it's back to dread, back to the grind, back to the same old thing. It's a cycle that you can get stuck in when you're wandering. The word wonder, though, means to marvel, right? And be amazed by something beautiful, something unexpected, something unfamiliar. The older we get, the less wonder that we have in our lives. 
We become a little bit numb to wonder, maybe a little cynical. We have to fight against that. We have to be careful with that because that leads to wander. When we wander, we wander off mission. We wander away from the purposes that God has placed on our lives, right? I hope we rediscover the wonder today. I hope we return to to the place where we're so amazed at what God has done, so amazed that we have to share it with everybody that we come into contact with. Wandering is a path that leads to a restless spirit without God's peace. It's the best I can explain it, right? And we don't want that. Luke 2, in the opening verses, Mary gives birth to a son, right, in a manger because there's no room for the end. You know the old story, right? But God has done the miracle of miracles. He has been birthed in flesh. Emmanuel, God with us, right? A Savior has been born. It's the greatest news It's happened in the most humble, simple circumstances, in the most quiet way. And nearly no one knows about it at this time, right? Would you do me a favor as we're reading through this? Would you just put yourself in the shoes of the shepherd? Can you just imagine what it's like? Can you imagine yourself in some rural area, in the quietness, in a field with some sheep and maybe a fire going on around you, and it's quiet, right? Because God's about to break in to the silence. God's about to bust into the, to, to the darkness and make an amazing announcement to them. Luke 2, beginning at verse 8, would you stand with me in honor of God's word, if you're able? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, A great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, we love you. We give you praise. Lord, let this not be old news. Let us see this fresh. Lord, speak to our hearts. Show us what to do. Guide us in our lives, Lord. 
Father, may your favor rest. May your peace rest upon people here today. May we not be all stuck in the circumstances of of shopping and stupid things that really don't matter around this time. Lord, may we not worry about not being able to give our kids what we want. May we just focus in on you. And may you be glorified. Lord, we love you and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There's the announcement, right? It comes to a surprising group, shepherds. This is very important. The shepherds would have been the lowest class of people. They tended to the sheep, and oftentimes they lived and they wandered around on these places for months at the time, months outdoors with the sheep. This would have made them ceremonially unclean. That meant that if they were to go into Jerusalem and try to get into the temple, they would not be welcome there to worship because of all the yuck on their lives from the sheep. Shepherds had a reputation for being dirty, and that's saying something back then before deodorant, right? These shepherds are raising the sheep that are going to be the sacrifice in the temple, the sacrifice in worship. But they themselves are not welcome there. Right? That's who God brings the message to, the announcement to. Right? To me, that's incredible. That when the announcement comes, where is it made? Not to the rich. Not to the religious. Right? Not to the people on top. No, God chooses to make the announcement, right, to those that would be considered in this time to be low class. Why is that important? Well, I think you all know the theologian Garth Brooks, the only country singer I've ever listened to, by the way. He said this. Well, I'm kind of paraphrasing it a little bit. But God's got friends in low places. Right? We'll just stop it right there. Maybe the person, though, thinking about this God who brings this incredible announcement, this world-changing announcement, and maybe the thought is, God would never speak to me. Maybe I'm not even on God's radar, but I need you to know that the God of the universe, he does miracles that nobody else can do right that God has a word for you if you're available, if you're listening, right? You may feel like you're too far away, too far gone, too far down the list, right? Other people might see you as being too dirty, not welcome in worship, right? Maybe you're starting to believe that. You would not believe the amount of people that I invite to church and say, oh, man, if I came to church, right, the the roof would fall in. I've literally had numerous people, and I see, by the way, you're shaking your heads, you've experienced that as well, right? One of the incredible parts of this story, right, is that God's making a point right here that when you can't make it to worship, he can bring the worship to you. Amen? Right? When you can't get close to the altar of God because of other people, 
He brings a gift of grace to you so that you can. I believe he wants somebody here today or maybe listening online to get that. He has a word for you if you'll hear it. Did you notice the awe and wonder in the announcement? Verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were what? Mazed, terrified, right? When the glory of the God shone all around them, it wasn't dun 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 It wasn't that, right? It was boom. Boom. God showed up. I told you to picture yourself. It's a rural area. There's quietness, right? There's darkness. There's, there's nothingness. And an angel appears. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Terrified. They were filled with awe and wonder. Another way to translate that. The angel has to say for the third time in two chapters, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That was the news to the shepherds. And here's the thing. I don't think it was just news to them. I think it was news to the angels, too. The angel who was the messenger knew, but I think the others who hear it, right, as a result of hearing it, they are just led to praise and worship God. I think there's wonder with the angels, too. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. To who? to those on whom his favor rests. I don't know how much the angels knew as they were functioning in their roles. At one point, Jesus isn't in heaven, though, right? And I'm sure they noticed that. He's not there. And maybe there's some rumors about him being born in the flesh. What's going on? Why is Jesus down there? Well, I heard it's because the Father wants to bring the rebels home. Right? Why would he do that? Because he loves them. Or maybe some knew the plan, but it was finally time to carry it out. I don't know. We just assume that they all knew. But I think some were looking at this moment going, what is going on? What is the Father doing? What is happening? Or maybe they said, it's finally time. It's time. I think they were in wonder. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1.10, talking about salvation that was foretold by the prophets, he said this, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Then listen to this. Even the angels 
long to look into these things. The, the prophets who were foretold these things didn't fully understand it, what they were prophesying. And even the angels longed to look into these things. I just picture them seeing this angel being sent and hearing the message, the announcement of, of what's going on and, and what it is and their response. I hear it. And it, do you just hear the wonder in it? Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those who, on whom his favor rests. Can, can we just be reminded that the announcement also was something that God had already done today? Today, a baby has been born. Why is that important? I think sometimes we all wonder, where is God in my story? What is he up to, right? I can't give you the answer to that. I can't explain it at all. But I can tell you, he is at work around us all. Right? We cling to verses like Romans 28. That says, and, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Right? At times, it may appear that he's silent. At times, it may appear dark. But you have to know he's working his plan. He's working it out. Right? A plan that's for your good. And at some point, an announcement's coming. And when you hear that announcement, you'll be like, oh, that's what he was doing. That's what his plan, and that's when you'll praise him. But I hope that you praise him even before that. The world didn't know. I don't think the angels fully knew the Savior would be born today, but God did, right? He told them about his plan hundreds of years before, and yet was silent for a while. But God was at work during that time. This announcement was the start of the fulfillment of God's promises, right? All the work. Here we go. It's happening. God is making a way for the rebels to come home. God is making a way for our relationship with him to be restored, right? We walked in the garden face to face with him, and we rejected that. We said, no, thank you. We'll do it our own way. We want to be God, right? We rejected him, and immediately he put a plan into place to get us back. And that plan's fulfillment is what we celebrate and remember at Christmas time the coming of our Savior, the King of Kings, right? How can that be boring? How can that be ordinary? This is good news for all the people. Glory to God in the highest heaven and earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Not world peace. That hasn't happened since the announcement. But peace and troubled hearts. On a broken planet. Peace on whom his favor rests. This good news comes to us all, but notice what the shepherds did with it. Verse 15, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hear about him, and what do they have to do? They got to go see it for themselves, right? 
The word stare, the word see means to stare intensely and to examine. They need to go examine the thing that has happened closely. They have to do it personally. They have to experience this for themselves. They don't say, well, that's good news, right? Great. And then that's it. No, they have to go check it out themselves. That's what each and every one of us needs to do when that good news comes to us. We all have to examine it for ourselves. You can't have your parents' faith. I tried that. You can't. It doesn't work. You can't be born a Christian. You can't even be baptized when you're a child and become a Christian. It's a decision that you need to examine. You need to look at. You need to count the cost and see if you want that. you got to examine it and see where it leads. Where does it lead for them? Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. My friends, they go from a pretty boring job with a lot of wandering around that that all changes when they encounter Christ. The shepherds have a very boring and predictable job. They wander around with those sheep. I can't think of anything more boring than watching sheep. Have you ever, somebody say amen. Thank you, Daniel. Has anyone ever gone to the zoo to watch sheep? Nobody goes to the zoo and says, where's the sheep display, right? I don't even think they have them. And, and sorry to somebody, I know somebody in this room that really likes sheep. I do know exactly one person. But normally, right, people don't go to watch sheep. They just aren't that exciting. Monkeys, they're cool. I'll go see monkeys. Do you see the mission, though, in this? They went from wander to wonder what's going on to mission. Who is the Savior? I need to go tell people about him, right? When they encounter him, Jesus, when they, st- when they stared intently, it led to mission. It led to change where they had to share what they had experienced. That's our mission today. When we encounter Jesus and it changes our lives and it will change your life when you encounter him, right? We have to share what we've experienced with those around us. That's my testimony. A lot of wandering around aimlessly, living for the weekends, living for retirement. I hear about Jesus, though, and I wonder, who is this person? Who is this Savior, right? I have to examine him for myself, and I give him my life. And he totally flips it upside down. He totally changes it. He totally gives me a new direction. I'm heading that way towards these goals. And all of a sudden, those things don't matter. Now these things are all that matters, right? And in that process of heading in that direction, I experience him. And he calls me to share those experiences of what's happened in my life, right? Notice it didn't change their vocation. They're still shepherds, but there's a calling on their lives to share what God's doing 
what God's done, what God's revealed to them, to share what they've seen and experienced. I don't know if you know this, but shepherds weren't shepherds because they grew up and wanted to be shepherds, right? Nobody in this time wanted to be a shepherd. It wasn't the career path that you wanted back then. They weren't well thought of. Not only were you not welcome in the temple, right? But you couldn't testify in court because shepherds were thought of as untrustworthy. So their testimony wasn't even accepted. A lot of the shepherds were young kids in the family, the youngest of the family. Oh, you're going to be the shepherd, right? You're going to have to go do this job. Or it was a lot of times orphan boys, those who were typically the shepherds. It was the only job that they could get. Maybe today you're discouraged because of where you're at in life, what job you have. But don't you dare. Don't you dare let yourself think that God can't use you, that you don't have a purpose. God chose the shepherds for this announcement. God honored them, and he can you. Wherever you're at, right? If you're available. If you'll follow his calling. He will speak to you. He will invite you into what he is doing. He can give you the most amazing purpose for your life. He can take you from wander to wonder to mission. Some of you know there has to be more to this life than what you're experiencing. And there is. There is far more, right? But it's found in him. Most people ask the question, what is God's will for my life? There's a better question, and that is, what is God's will, period? What is God's will for my life points to me. What is God's will points to him and what he's doing. And when you're looking for that, that's what we're going through in discipleship class. If you look for that, he'll call you to be a part of it. And that's where it gets incredible. That's where it gets exciting, right? For I've said this before, for some of you, Christianity is boring. You've been flying many times, right? And it doesn't excite you. That window seat on the airplane, no big deal anymore. What would happen, though, if you were on the plane getting ready to take off and there was a person who had never flown, though, right beside you, and you're in the window seat, and you trade places with them. You say, hey, you've got to experience this, right? What would happen if you got to see them fly for the very first time in that excitement that is going on in their life? Wouldn't that overflow into your life? You've got to share it. You've got to share Christ. That's where the excitement comes. That's where the excitement of Christianity, that's where the mission is. If you're not doing that, it's going to be boring. If you're not sharing Christ, what's the point? A lot of people say to me, oh, we're living in the end times, and I believe God's judgment is coming I mean, isn't that what you think about America? We've, we've been ignoring God's call on our lives and blah, blah, blah. You know what, though? Either you're a liar or you don't care. 
Because I would say, what are you doing about it? If you believe God's judgment is coming, wouldn't you be telling everybody and offering them Christ in your life? Wouldn't you be all about that? Wouldn't you be focused in on that? Either you're a liar or you don't care. We have to share our experiences with God to those he puts in our pathways. Otherwise, ah, I don't know. What if, what if that person sat in that window seat and they were really scared? And they're like, ah, I don't know about this. What if you got to tell them, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And you got to share your experiences with them about what it was like to fly, right? That's what's available to us right now. We can share with other people what God's done in our life, how he's watched over us, how he's been through us through the trials, through the hard times, through the darkness, through the silence, what we've seen when we've come out of that, right? When we share, man, that's where the mission is. That's where it gets exciting. Flying wouldn't be boring then. Christian, Christianity is only boring when you're wandering, just flying and keeping it to yourself. God's at work around you. He is inviting you to be a part of that work, right? He's got an announcement for you. He's got a message for you, and it's come see. Come see. Come be a part of this and take it and share it with everybody else. What is God doing today? Find that and join in. Christmas is the perfect time to offer that to someone, right? Offer them the window sheet, the window seat, to share with them the greatest news in the history of mankind. The question is, do you get that? Do you see that? Or is this just old news and you're just wandering about? Realize the announcement. See the great news being brought forth. Wonder what it means for you. Wonder what God is doing, right? And be a part of it. Amen? Would you stand with me? The danger of Christmas is that we're the center of it. We make us, we make people the center of it. Take yourself out of the center of the story and remember that Jesus is at the center. This is about Jesus, right? It's all about him. Christmas should be all about him. That's what this season is about. The more that you make this season about you, the more wandering you'll be stuck doing. Verse 20 the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They checked it out. They investigated it. And they found out it was all true. It was all real. And they got to share it with people. Their focus is on him. And that's where our focus needs to be today. They aren't complaining about not getting a raise. They aren't complaining about the crappy job that they have. They aren't complaining about those sheep or anything like that. No, what are they doing? They return glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. What have you heard? What have you seen? We got the greatest news, a Savior's been born and we know the outcome of that story and what he did for us let's praise him let's give him honor right 
Let's share that with somebody. You've been given that. You've experienced that. You know that. You've seen how he's kept his promises. The Messiah has come. You know the ending to that story. Praise God, right? If you're steeped in circumstances and disappointment, if your struggles just feel heavy this season, my friends, there's good news of great joy, right? A Savior's come and been born. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for what the season represents. Help us not miss it. Help us not to be caught up in the material aspects of it, the things that really don't matter. Lord, would you give us an opportunity with one person this season to tell them about it, whether they accept it or not. Lord, would you just give us one opportunity to speak the good news into somebody's life, to tell them that God came down, God saw us, and we needed help. We were in the pit, but he came down to this earth, and he lived amongst us, and he served us, and he died for us so that our relationship with you could be restored. Would you help us to invite people into that? Lord, we love you, and we give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.